Hey everybody, I'm Michael Smalley, and I'm continuing this cool exercise every day, Monday through Friday, on devotionals for couples. We are focusing on the 28 statements from Jesus that will transform your marriage. And if you're wondering where I'm at, I don't wanna make you jealous, because I know so many of you are stuck in your homes, imprisoned in your homes. I am actually at my buddy's ranch, uh, Casey McCown, outside of Austin, Texas, in hill country. The sun is rising, the birds are chirping. Honestly, I haven't felt this relaxed in a long time. So I hope some of my joy and relaxation passes through the camera and infuses you with the same great feelings that I'm going through right now. And hopefully, I keep looking around because he has a lot of boar and some of them are like 500 pounds, big tusks. And if you've ever known me or listened to anything I do, uh, I'm the guy that's gonna get gored in the side when he's trying to do a morning Devo to help the people. All right, so we are still in part one of this 28 part series. Well, not 28 parts, but 28 devotionals. And part one is about the critical importance of intimacy with Jesus. So if you're gonna, if Jesus is gonna transform your relationship, then it starts with your own relationship with him. Today we're gonna focus on abiding in him. John 8, 31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, right? So we've already talked about, right, that Jesus, his biggest demand is that you follow his commands. So if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, John 8, 31 and 32. You know, the New Testament stresses the need for believers to remain in Christ. The reality of this close personal relationship with Jesus is expressed in obedience. We've gone over this and I'm gonna keep hitting that. It's obedience to his word and is essential to effective discipleship. So what exactly does it mean to abide in Jesus? And, and to be completely forthright and authentic, um, abiding has always been a difficult word for me because we just don't use it in everyday language today. And, and even doing the study, and I started this years and years ago, focusing in on just the words of Christ. But you know, how do you abide in Jesus? Well, first you gotta hold to his teaching. Right, So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how chaotic your relationship might feel, your responsibility, if you're going to abide in him, is to hold to his teachings. You can look at John, uh, 1 John 2.24. Second, obedience to him, right? We, we see that in John 15.10. And then if we're gonna abide, we need to live like him. So. Jesus's expectation for you, and if you're gonna have that genuine intimacy that leads to transformation in your life, your relationships, your circumstances, then you, you wanna emulate Christ. That's kind of a big part of being a disciple is if I'm Jesus's disciple, then I, I am trying to learn everything about him out of my love for him, and I'm trying to be just like him, like be like Mike, remember that campaign? Well, we don't wanna be like Mike because if you're watching that current ESPN documentary, that dude is like a billionaire and still bitter about the coach in high school that didn't, you know, that cut him and all that stuff. But here's the deal. If you are going to abide and if you're gonna 
Um, if you're gonna hold to his teachings, be obedient, live like him, none of this is gonna be accomplished, okay, without three critical things. Communion, you can look up John 6, 56. And, and by the way, if you're stressing out going, he's saying these verses so fast, remember, I'll put a link out on social media, I already have, and there'll be a link on my website at smalleyinstitute.com where you can sign up for this exact devotional that I've been doing here and streaming on Facebook. So abiding in him is not possible unless you're in communion with him, John 6, 56. Two, this isn't possible without the Spirit's anointing. So remember, when you start following him, the gift is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will anoint you, will give you the power and the authority to be able to to genuinely abide in him and then get all the benefits of what it means to abide in him. Thirdly, and this is huge, I think for couples, especially couples I've worked with, um, this third one gets them hung up because relationship problems and difficulties are some of the hardest that we're ever gonna experience, right? Because this person that we love and care about the most that we have dedicated our life to is not behaving well and and it hurts, it stings. And therefore, when things are going wrong, and, and this is the most, as a pastor as well, the, one of the most common cr- questions I get from non-believers is, well, wait a minute, how can I believe in a God that lets so many terrible things happen? And my answer is always the same. That ain't God. God's not doing the terrible things. God gave us the freedom to choose him or sin, and we messed that up, and therefore, A lot of bad stuff happens in this world because of evil, right? Darkness, things that are unseen, and our own stinking choices because we are broken. So this third one, if you're going to accomplish the hard work of abiding in Christ, you need to abide by faith. And you can look up Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 to read more on that. So how does this help your relationship? How does abiding in Christ help you and your spouse? First and primary thing is called fruitfulness. John, look up John 15, four and five. The picture of bearing fruit may cover many aspects of Christian life, but it includes that of developing Christian character, effective Christian service and mission. These result not from human effort, but from what? The theme for the day, abiding in Christ. That's how that happens. So when you abide in Christ, your life is gonna show that you are. And and the fruit, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control. It's all this stuff that I've been trying to teach couples for years, right, through all sorts of means, that if they would just truly sell out for Christ, they'd have all the tools necessary to have a great relationship. So it benefits your relationship just because of the fruitfulness. It benefits your relationship because when you abide in Christ, you get answered prayers. Again, John 15, 16. So when you're abiding in him, you are connected to his will. So remember, praying to God is not like, um, he is not the cosmic Santa Claus. So prayer is not about going, here's what I want in life. I want a Lamborghini and $3.5 million cash from the lotto. Lord, please help me win this football game today. 
It, I mean, we should pray and pray for whatever's on your heart's desire, but answered prayer, what Jesus is talking about, is that as you abide in him, then you're gonna have a clear vision of what God's will is for your life, and you're gonna be praying for that stuff. So when you're abiding in him and then seeking his will out through prayer, he answers it. So he's gonna get you on the path that you're supposed to be on, which is a pretty satisfying thing. What do we get for our relationship from abiding in him? Freedom from persistent sin. So that thing that your spouse keeps doing against you or that you keep doing against your spouse, that starts to get under control because we're no longer comfortable in our sin when we are fully abiding in him. And we get the conviction, we get the authority and the power from the Holy Spirit to overcome all that miserable stuff. I've, I'm going through that right now, right? I mean, I, I am the, the, the chief sinner among us. And so it's like I jump from one addiction to another. And post-gastric bypass surgery, drinking can always become a problem, drinking alcohol. I've, you know, my, my viewpoint on sin is everything's sinful. So it's not alcohol that's sinful, it's people that are sinful. So you can be healthy with alcohol or you can be sinful with alcohol. Well, I got out of balance in alcohol because after gastric, let me tell you, a couple beers goes a long way. And, but then it started causing chaos in my relationship and um, problems. And so, you know, the Holy, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they are so faithful. I'm here at this gorgeous ranch taping these morning devotionals and, and on like day one, the Holy Spirit told me why he wanted me here, uh, why my wife asked me to do what she asked me to do. And, and in the past, I wouldn't have honored that and I would have gone on impulsively in a lack of self-control and done what I wanted to do and then potentially lied about it. So that's how messed up we can get in our sin. But when we're really abiding, right, that stuff starts to get under control, not because of what I'm doing, but because what God is doing through me. How does it benefit abiding in Christ, your relationship? Well, benefits your relationship with God. So as you abide, you become closer, you become more intimate, you become, you become, you, you begin understanding and deciphering God's will for you and his will for your relationship, right? He's gonna, he's gonna guide you that, yeah, it's hard now, but hang in there. It's right around the corner. Trust me, this is gonna happen. And then also when you abide in Christ, you have confidence in that last day. I have been debating. I don't know if I can do my latest comedy show is on the intimate details of the night my father uh, graduated to heaven on March 6, 2016. And that's why I have this hat with the toe tag. Um, because one of the reasons, and, and that night he died, I mean, it's gonna sound weird over video and you had to be there to truly understand or you have to go to one of my shows. Um, it was truly, like, I don't have to change any details. It was total chaos, pandemonium, and it was just flat out funny, which I still believe is made my father extremely happy to go out with all this insanity around him because that's kind of our family system is weirdness and chaos and sarcasm and turning trials into humor. And so one of the real blessings of when my father graduated to heaven was being able to witness firsthand his utter confidence in his last days. And when you really follow him, and I've struggled with that, 
with, with people who claim to be believers. And I'm not judging, so don't take that too harshly. But I do get lost if someone says, yeah, I'm a disciple. Yeah, I love Jesus. And I'm terrified of dying. It's like, that is the last thing you need to be terrified. Frankly, I've tried it 10 times in my lifetime, starting at birth to now. I have had 10 legitimate near-death experiences. I'm like looking forward to the day I die because all this goes away. Well, this is really beautiful, but all the junk and the brokenness and the hurt and the sin is gone. So I'm like, Jesus, take me home. I mean, I'm not gonna do anything to speed that process up. I kind of do though naturally just with all my dysfunction. But if you're a believer, you should have confidence in the last day. You're there, you're in, you're in the club. And, and that gives you joy, which is why that comedy show, which I call the comedy of love, but it should be like the comedy of death, but I just feel like that's a little too morbid for people. Um, it's been the most impactful thing I've ever done because I talk about a difficult thing that people don't like talking about death and I can make it funny and I know God put me on this world to get people laughing about horrific things. Um, but it's been impactful because my father's security. I remember um, Amy, because my dad was officially going on home hospice, so we cared for him for 18 months. And when the day she, the day he went on home hospice, it all happened very fast, but I won't go into detail because I plan on doing a whole date night comedy thing uh, on my dad's on my dad's death. But you know, Amy was like, no, why would you do that? Because you go off all your medicines and you don't go to the hospital and they just keep you comfortable. It's the greatest industry in the world, hospice people. And she's like, but what, are, what, what am I gonna tell people that want to still see you and say goodbye? And my father laying in his bed just went, waved his hand and went, see ya. And he just never wavered, never feared it. He wanted it, he welcomed it in his final days. And that's one of his greatest legacies because you know who you are when it's most difficult. Remember that. So I'm into the word turd, right? Because it feels like the best description of when your spouse is being a turd, right? When they're not doing it well and it's difficult for you, we're gonna know whether you're truly abiding in Christ or not. Andrew Murray said, it is only into the thirst of an empty soul that the streams of living waters flow. Ever thirsting is the secret of never thirsting. So thirst for him, do what he says, give it all up for him, and you won't need anything. You won't need your spouse to change, you won't need more money, you won't need the right house. None of it'll matter because you're so plugged into Christ that all of this stuff on earth becomes insignificant. All right, so here's three questions that I want the two of you to talk over with each other this morning. Um, and remember, keep it light and breezy. Don't point the finger, take responsibility. Answer these questions for yourself, not your spouse. Because if you do that, then you've turned my morning devotional into a horrible thing. All right, so here's three questions. When it comes to abiding in Jesus, which one that I mentioned do you struggle with the most? So of what it takes to abide in Christ, do does any one of those three really stand out as, oh man, I need to, I need to seek him on that because I'm failing in it. Like I could say, 
well, this wasn't one of them, but one of the fruits of the spirits is self-control. And that has been a thorn in my side since the day I was a Caesar cesarean birth. Popped right out because I was impatient and impulsive. Number two, what do we need more than anything in order to abide in Jesus? I talked about it. So if you're like me and you've already forgotten the first 95% of this morning's Devo, go to the site, sign up for the morning devotionals and uh, you can read the notes. Number three, what area of your life would be most impacted for good if you were fully abiding in him? So what area in your life would be most impacted for the better if you were genuinely abiding in Christ? So how does this look in your life if you really take it seriously and go for it and go all in? Go all in on trusting him. That's it for this morning. Don't forget, we're doing this Smalley virtual intensives. I did one last Saturday with a couple. We went from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. I was a little stressed on how that would work. And by the end of the day, it was so cool. The wife was like, look, I don't want to be like offensive about you know how you've been doing intensives, but this was awesome. She's like, it is so, and they'd been to counseling before and things. She's like, this is so much better to be able to be in your home, but yet be on video. She's like, I loved it and you need to tell more people about it. So I'm doing it. And I have another two-day virtual intensive set up for next week. And I have a whole group of coaches that are trained to do these. So if you are struggling or if you just need a booster shot, we have one day, two day, and three days. So I would encourage you, smalleyinstitute.com, or you can call us toll free and speak with one of my intensive consultants at 1-800-975-8748. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining me and just love each other and abide in him. 